ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on then with Fiqhul Ad'iyati Wal Adhkar, the book of Sheikh Abdul Razak Al Abbad, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, in the third chapter now, he says, Nuwasilul Haditha fi Addi Ba'di Fawaidi Dhikr. That we're going to carry on, continue with mentioning some of the benefits of dhikr. وَذِكْرُ شَيْءٍ مِّن مَنَافِعِهِ وَعَوَائِدِهِ عَلَى الذَّاكِرِينَ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And we'll mention some of the benefits, some of the benefits for those who are upon remembrance in this world and in the afterlife. Some of the benefits for those who are upon the remembrance of Allah, benefits for them in this world and in the afterlife. وَذَلِكَ مِنْ خِلَالِ مَا ذَكَرَهُ الْإِمَامُ الْعَلَّامَةِ ابن الْقَيِّمْ رَحِيمَهُ اللَّهِ فِي كِتَابِهِ الْوَابِلُ الصَّيِّبِ And he says we're going to do that by mentioning some of the benefits from the book of Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim رحمه الله تعالى الوابل الصيب. So one of the benefits mentioned, one of the benefits for those who are upon the remembrance of Allah سبحانه وتعالى أن الذكر سبب لتصديق الرب عز وجل عبده فإن الذاكرين يخبر عن الله تعالى بأوصاف كماله ونعوت جلاله فإذا أخبر بها العبد صدقه ربه ومن صدقه الله تعالى لم يحشر مع الكاذبين ورجي له أن يحشر مع الصادقين That one of the benefits mentioned here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares this person as a truthful individual. Those who remember Allah a lot, do the remembrance of Allah, then they are mentioning the names and the attributes of Allah, the perfect names and the attributes of Allah. And so, because of their remembrance of Allah and them mentioning the names and attributes of Allah and remembering them, then they will be saved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from being resurrected with the liars. They will not be from the liars, they will be deemed from the trustworthy, the truthful people. Those who do dhikr, those who remember Allah, those who supplicate, those who do dua, they will be deemed from the truthful ones and will be resurrected with the truthful ones. It's mentioned 
in a narration that Abu Hurairah and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhuma witnessed upon the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said إِذَا قَالَ الْعَبْدُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ قَالْ يَقُولُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى صَدَقَ عَبْدِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا وَأَنَا أَكْبَرُ That the Prophet ﷺ said, When a servant says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ Wallahu Akbar That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah And Allah is the greatest When a servant says that Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says My servant has spoken the truth My servant has spoken the truth there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except I, and I am the greatest. وَإِذَا قَالَ And when the servant says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, He alone. قال, Allah says, صَدَقَ عَبْدِي La ilaha illa ana wahdi. That my servant has spoken the truth. There is no one deserving of worship in truth except I alone. Wa idha qal, and when the servant says, La ilaha illa Allah, la sharika la. That there is none deserving of worship in truth except Allah. Without any partners. Then Allah says, Sadaqa abdi. My servant has spoken the truth. La ilaha illa ana la sharika li. There is no one deserving of worship in truth except I without any partners. Wa idha qal. And if the servant says, La ilaha illa Allah. لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدَ There is none deserving of worship in truth except Allah. To Him belongs the dominion and all praise. Then Allah says, صَدَقَ عَبْدِي My servant has spoken the truth. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا لِلْمُلْكُ وَلِلْحَمْدَ There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except I. And to me belongs the kingdom, the dominion, and all praise. وَإِذَا قَالْ And when the servant says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. And there is no might, no power except by Allah. Then Allah says, صَدَقَ عَبْدِي my servant has spoken the truth. La ilaha illa ana, wala hawla wala quwwata illa bi. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except I, and there is no might, no power except through me. So this 
dua and this supplication it shows how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares those people who do his remembrance as truthful ones that the one who makes this dhikr Allah says about him he has spoken the truth when he makes the dua or the dhikr that remembrance of each of those lines that we mentioned then Allah says my servant has spoken the truth my servant has spoken the truth so this indicates how those people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they do dhikr they do these supplications then they are declared from the truthful ones another benefit mentioned by ibn al-qayyim for those who remember Allah and do dhikr regularly ان كثره ذكر الله عز وجل امان من النفاق that doing a lot of the remembrance of Allah it is a means of saving yourself and protecting yourself guarding yourself from hypocrisy it is a means of safety from hypocrisy from nifaq فَإِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ قَلِيلُ الذِّكْرِ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ Because the munafiqoon, the hypocrites, they were very little in their remembrance of Allah. They were very little in their remembrance of Allah. So the one who is plentiful in his remembrance of Allah, saves himself from the characteristics of the hypocrites. Saves himself from hypocrisy as allah mentioned in the quran surah an-nisa 142 wala yadhkuruna allah illa qalila that they do not remember allah except a little they do not remember allah except a little qala ka'ab man akthara dhikr allah azza wa jal bari'a min an-nifaq Whomsoever increases and does a lot in his remembrance of Allah, then he is free of hypocrisy. He is then distanced and free from hypocrisy, from nifaq. وَقَدْ سُئِلَ عَلِي إِبْنَ بِطَالِبِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنِ الْخَوَارِجِ مُنَافِقُونَهُمْ فَقَالَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ لَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا When Ali ibn Abi Talib was asked regarding the khawarij, Are they munafiqoon? Are they hypocrites? He said, المُنَافِقُونَ Hypocrites, the hypocrites, they are the ones, لَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا They do not remember Allah except a very little amount. They do not remember Allah except a very small amount. فَهَذَا مِنْ عَلَامَةِ النِّفَاقِ قِلَّةُ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ So from the signs of hypocrisy is the minimal remembrance of Allah. Somebody who is very, very little in their remembrance of Allah. Negligent, 
then this is a sign of hypocrisy. وَعَلَى هَذَا فَكَثْرَةُ ذِكْرِهِ تَعَالَى أَمَانٌ مِنَ النِّفَاقِ And therefore the opposite is true, that a person who is constant and regular upon the remembrance of Allah, saves himself and guards himself from hypocrisy. وَاللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ أَكْرَمُ مِنْ أَنْ يَبْتَلِيَ قَلْبًا ذَاكِرًا بِالنِّفَاقِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not put to trial the heart of a person who is upon his remembrance a lot with hypocrisy. Allah would not put to trial a person who is constantly upon the remembrance of Allah with hypocrisy. So that person is kept safe from nifaq, the one who is constantly upon the remembrance of Allah. Also from the benefits of remembrance, of dhikr, of dua and supplication, أَنَّهُ شِفَاءٌ لِلْقَلْبِ That it is a cure for the heart. It is a cure for the heart. وَدَوَاءٌ لِأَمْرَاضِهِ And it is a cure, a medicine for the illnesses of the heart. قال مكحول ابن عبد الله رحمه الله ذكر الله تعالى شفاء وذكر الناس داء مكحول ابن عبد الله mentioned the remembrance of Allah is a cure the remembrance of Allah is a cure and the remembrance of the people, meaning talking about the people all the time, and your mind is just on the world and people all the time, then that is a disease. Busying yourself and remembering Allah, that is a cure for your heart. But your heart being preoccupied with the world and with the people only, negligent of Allah, that is a disease. That is what Makhul from the Salaf mentioned. ثُمَّ إِنَّ الذِّكْرِ أَيْضًا يُظْهِبُ قَصْوَةَ الْقَلْبِ And also, the remembrance of Allah removes the hardness of the heart. It removes the hardness of the heart. فَفِي الْقَلْبِ قَصْوَةَ لَا يُظِيبُهَا إِلَّا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ Within the heart is a hardness. That cannot be melted away except by the remembrance of Allah. And there we had the quote of Al-Hasan Al-Basri, Rahimahullah, where a man came to him and said, Ya Aba Sa'id, Ashku ilayka qaswata qalbi. That I am here complaining, my complaint is the hardness of my heart. Meaning what can I do? with this hardness of the heart that I have and I experience. So he said to him, أَذِبْهُ بِالذِّكْرِ Melt your heart with the remembrance of Allah. Melt your heart with the remembrance of Allah. Meaning soften your heart through dhikr, through supplication, through doing your du'as of every day. The supplications of the morning, of the evening, after the prayers. Do all of those various supplications of the day. The legislated sunnah 
supplications and they will be a means of softening your heart. They will be a means of melting your heart. Also from the benefits of the remembrance of Allah is that it softens the heart of the person but also brings you close to the one you are remembering. And here, of course, you are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So dua and dhikr and supplications, they bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَنَّ الذَّاكِرَ قَرِيبٌ مِنْ مَذْكُورِهِ مَذْكُورُهُ مَعَهُ وَهَذِهِ الْمَعِيَّةِ مَعِيَّةٌ خَاصَّةٌ غَيْرُ مَعِيَّةِ الْعِلْمِ وَلِحَاطَةِ الْعَامَّةِ So the one who remembers Allah, he will be close to his Lord. And this is a very specific type of closeness from Allah to that person. It is that the person will have aid and success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the person will be aided, Allah will be with him. This is for those who are upon the remembrance of Allah, doing their du'as on a daily basis, morning, evening, night, after the prayers and the other du'as of the day. Also, from the benefits of this, is أَنَّهُ جَلَّابٌ لِلنِّعَمْ أَنَّهُ جَلَّابٌ لِلنِّعَمْ That the remembrance of Allah is a cause for blessings to come to you. It brings blessings to you. دَافِعٌ لِلنِّقَمْ And takes away from you difficulties and hardships. It brings blessings to you and removes difficulties and hardships from you. فَمَسْتُجْلِبَتْ نِعْمَةً وَلَسْتُدْثِعَتْ نِقْمَةً بِمِثْلِ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ So there is nothing more, nothing better that brings you blessings and removes harms other than the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing more that will bring blessings to you and remove hardships from you than the remembrance of Allah, the dua to Allah, the supplications to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said in the Qur'an, in Al-Hajj number 38, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُدَافِعُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, Allah defends those who believe. Allah is in the support and the aid and the defense of those who believe, those who are upon iman, upon remembrance, upon taqwa. Then Allah is in their defense and in their aid. فَدِفَاعُهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَ عَنْهُمْ هُوَ بِحَسَبُ قُوَّةِ إِيمَانِهِمْ وَكَمَالِهِ So Allah defending you and being in your support and aid is dependent on your level of iman. The strength of your iman and the strength of your remembrance of Allah. The one who is negligent, then what does he expect? 
But the one who is upon constant remembrance of Allah with his heart connected to Allah, then those are the individuals whom Allah is in their support and aid of them. وَمَادَّةُ الْإِيمَانِ وَقُوَّتُهُ ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And so how does a believer become strong in his iman to have the support and the aid of Allah? Strength in iman, it comes from the remembrance and the connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَنْ كَانَ إِيمَانُهُ أَكْمَلْ وَذِكْرُهُ لِلَّهِ أَكْثَرْ كَانَ نَصِيبُهُ مِنْ دِفَاعِ اللَّهِ عَنْهُ أَعْظَمْ So whomsoever his iman is more perfected, and his remembrance of Allah is greater, then his share of this defense of Allah for him, support of Allah, aid of Allah for him will be greater. His share of that will be greater. أَعْظَمْ وَحَظُّهُ مِنْهُ أَوْفَرْ وَمَنْ نَقَصَ نَقَصَ ذِكْرًا بِذِكْرٍ وَنِسْيَانًا بِنِسْيَانٍ And whomsoever is deficient in his remembrance of Allah, deficient, then that individual, the more he becomes deficient, then the more the aid of Allah is deficient for him. The more he forgets, then the more that aid and support of Allah depletes uh, uh, from him. Also, from the benefits of dhikr, أَنَّ إِدَامَتَهُ تَنُوبُ عَنِ الطَّاعَاتِ وَتَقُومُ مَقَامَهَا سَوَاءً كَانَتْ بَدَنِيَّةً أَوْ مَالِيَّةً أَوْ بَدَنِيَّةً مَالِيَّةً كَحَجِّ التَّطَوَّعِ That a lot of the remembrance of Allah, doing your du'as every day, your supplications every day, then that is a compensation for good deeds. That just doing the remembrance of Allah, it is equivalent to doing many other good deeds. The remembrance of Allah takes the place and substitutes for lots of good deeds, meaning it is something with a lot of reward to it, and it is something which is considered a very high level good deed. So doing that remembrance, it is covering you for a lot of good deeds. The equivalent of a lot of good deeds. One of the evidences for that, that this remembrance of Allah covers you for other good deeds, is the hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu, أَنَّ فُقَرَاءَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ أَتَوْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That the poor companions from the muhajirun, the ones who had come from Medina, uh, from Mecca and made the hijrah come to Medina, the muhajirun, the poor ones from amongst them, they came to the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and they said, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ ذَهَبَ أَهْلُ الدُّثُورِ بِالْأُجُورِ That O Messenger of Allah, the rich ones, they have gone, taken all of the reward. The rich ones, the rich believers, they are taking all of the reward. 
وَالنَّعِيمَ الْمُقِيمِ And the everlasting blessings, reward, they are taking it all. How so? They said, يُصَلُّونَ كَمَا نُصَلِّي They pray just like we pray. The poor ones were telling the Prophet, they, those rich ones, they pray like we pray. وَيَسُومُونَ كَمَا نَسُومُ And they fast just like we fast. وَلَهُمْ فَضْلُ أَمْوَالِهِمْ يَحُجُّونَ بِهَا وَيَعْتَمِرُونَ وَيَجَاهِدُونَ وَيَتَصَدَّقُونَ But then on top, they have extra wealth that they can then use to go and do hajj, and they can go and do umrah, and they can go and do jihad with, and they can go and give in charity with, that they pray and we pray. Pray like us. They fast, we can fast. They fast like us. But then on top, they have all this money, this wealth, that they can then use to go and do hajj, which these poor ones couldn't. They have all of this money, they can go and do umrah. The poor ones couldn't. Have all of this money, they can go to jihad, they can give in charity, the poor ones couldn't. So they came to the Prophet ﷺ saying to him, those rich ones are taking all the reward. They are taking all the reward because even though prayer we're, we're the same and fasting we're the same, but then after that, they've got this whole extra uh, level of worship that we can't do. They've got this whole extra level of worship they do with their wealth, hajj, umrah, charity, all that level of worship with their wealth, we can't do, we can't get into that because we don't have wealth. So they are getting ahead of us. So then the Prophet said, The Prophet said, Should I not show you, teach you something by means of which you can catch up to them, those who have gone ahead of you? And that you will be ahead of those who come after you. Should I not teach you something that will basically get you up to that level and above too? And that nobody will be better than you otherwise then. Except for those who do it as well. So then they said, of course, O Messenger, teach us what can we do to get to that level of worship. So then the Prophet ﷺ told them. Obviously, they couldn't spend from money they had none. They couldn't go and hajj and umrah and charity. They couldn't do any of those levels of worship that the others were doing and getting ahead. So then what were they given to be able to match that and even better that with a means other than money? They were told, the messenger said to them, تُسَبِّحُونَ وَتَحْمِدُونَ وَتَكَبِّرُونَ خَلْفَ كُلِّ صَلَاةٍ ثَلَاثًا وَثَلَاثِينَ he said to them, do your tasbih, subhanallah, 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 and your tahmeed, alhamdulillah, 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 and the takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Do that 33 times after each prayer. And then the hadith carries on mentioning other supplications and du'as. The point is, they couldn't match those rich companions in terms of their worship because they didn't have that wealth to do it. So they came to the messenger saying, what can we do? 
We pray like they pray, we get the same level there. We fast like they fast, we get the same level there. But then they go ahead because they've got wealth and they can do all of that extra worship. We're just stuck here. So then the Prophet said to them, as a substitute, something which covers you for all that good worship, supplications and dua and remembrance and dhikr. Do your dhikr after the prayers, do your other duas and supplications and that raises you in your level even if you can't do those other acts of worship. So that's what Ibn al-Qayyim is mentioning here, that supplication, dhikr, it raises you in your obedience and your levels of worship equivalent to other affairs that you may not be able to do. So it mentions here, فَجَعَلَ الذِّكْرِ عِوَضًا لَهُمْ عَمَّا فَاتَهُمْ مِنَ الْحَجِّ وَالْعُمْرَ وَالْجِهَادِ So dhikr was made as a substitute for them. That would cover them. It was the equivalent of the others doing all of that extra worship with their money and their wealth on hajj and umrah and jihad, etc. وَأَخْبَرَ أَنَّهُمْ يَسْبِقُونَهُمْ بِهَذَا الذِّكْرِ And the Prophet even mentioned to them, you will go ahead of them with this dhikr, this worship of dhikr. فَلَمَّا سَمِعَ أَهْلُ الدُّثُورِ بِذَلِكَ عَمِلُوا بِهِ فَازْدَادُوا إِلَى صَدَقَتِهِمْ وَعِبَادَتِهِمْ بِمَالِهِمْ التَّعْبُدَ بِهَذَا الذِّكْرِ فَحَاظُوا الْفَضِيلَتَيْنِ So then when the rich ones found out about this, about the great reward of dhikr, they started doing that too. They started doing all of that dhikr too. So now, they were again higher up because now they were prayer, prayer the same. Fasting, fasting the same. Dhikr, and now they were also doing dhikr, but then they still had all of the other worship with their wealth. So when that happened, نَافَسَهُمُ الْفُقَرَى وَأَخْبَرُوا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَدْ شَارَكُوهُمْ فِي ذَلِكَ فَانْفَرَدُوا عَنْهُمْ بِمَا لَا قُدْرَةَ لَهُمْ عَلَيْهِ فَقَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ So then the poor ones came to the Prophet ﷺ again telling him, what now, what can we do? That they are even doing that as well now. So then the Prophet ﷺ told them, that is the virtue of Allah that He gives to whom He wills. But they've been given this virtue with their wealth. And they have this opportunity to do good deeds with their wealth. So that's a virtue Allah has given them. That's what some people have been given. And they can do their worship with that. Others they haven't. They do their worship in the means that you have. And the wealthy one and the poor one. It's a discussion amongst the scholars they often talk about. Is somebody who is wealthy and grateful. Meaning uses that wealth in the path of Allah etc. He's wealthy but grateful, meaning uses it in the path of Allah, etc. Is he better and superior or somebody who is poor but patient? Patient upon his situation, patient upon what Allah has decreed for him, does what he can from his worship. Is that person better or is the rich person better? Basically, is the rich person who is grateful superior or the poor person who is patient.
It's a discussion amongst the scholars and you'll find lots of speech of the scholars regarding it. Which one is superior? A person who's rich and spends that money in the path of Allah and is grateful to Allah for it? Or a person who is poor and demonstrates a great level of patience upon that poverty, upon his situation, which again is a great act for reward. So which is better? That's a discussion amongst the scholars. And the point really is, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah or Ibn Al-Qayyim mentioned that they are both virtuous in their own different rights. That one is virtuous for being grateful for the blessings of Allah upon him and using them in the path of Allah. The other one is virtuous for being patient upon the test that he is in because even the one with the wealth is in a test. The one who's been given wealth has been given a test with his wealth. Will he use it appropriately in the path of Allah or not? Or will he go and transgress with it? And the one who's poor has been given a test with a lack of wealth. How will he behave in that situation with a lack of wealth? So both are tests. One is tested by being given wealth. Will he be grateful and use it appropriately in the obedience of Allah? And the other one being tested with a lack of wealth. Will he be patient and remain with his trust in Allah? So both are tests in different ways. And if both of them pass their uh, relative tests, their individual tests, then both of them are, are successful if they pass in their respective tests. Then... In the hadith of Abdullah ibn Busr, radiyallahu anhu, alladhi kharrajahu tirmidhi. In the hadith of Abdullah ibn Busr, which is mentioned by Tirmidhi ibn Majah, al-Hakim, and other than them, jaa arabiyun faqal, a Bedouin came and said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, inna sharaya al-Islam qad kathurat alayya. That indeed the legislations of Islam have become too much upon me. All of the various commandments, legislations, they've become a lot upon me. So tell me about one thing that I can utilize. Do not allow your tongue or... Rather, maintain your tongue moist upon the remembrance of Allah. The man said, there's so much. What can I do? The messenger said, maintain your tongue upon the remembrance of Allah. Maintain your tongue upon the remembrance of Allah. Maintain it moist. Meaning when you talk, it remains moist. Make it moist and keep it moist upon the remembrance of Allah. فَدَلَّ النَّاصِحِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَىٰ شَيْءٍ يُعِينُهُ عَلَىٰ شَرَاعِ الْإِسْلَامُ الْحِرْصِ عَلَيْهَا So the Prophet ﷺ gave him that one guidance as a means to help him upon all of the legislations because the man came saying there's so many legislations, what can I do? So the Prophet ﷺ told him about the remembrance and the dhikr because by doing that it would help him to fulfill all of the various legislations of Islam.
Then the next section here, Fadlu Majalis al-Dhikr, the virtues of the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah. The virtues of gatherings of the remembrance of Allah. لَقَدْ مَرَّ مَعَنَا شَيْءٌ يَسِيرٌ مِنْ فَوَائِدِ الذِّكْرِ وَأَنَّهَا كَثِيرَةٌ لَا تُحْصَى وَعَدِيدَةٌ لَا تُسْتَقْصَى يَعْجِزُ عَنْ إِحْصَائِهَا الْمَحْسُونَ المحسون وَلَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَى عَدِّهَا الْعَادُونَ وَلَا يُحِيطُ بِهَا إِنْسَانٌ وَلَا يُعَبِّرُ عَنْهَا لِسَانٌ كَيْفَ لَا وَهُوَ مِنْ أَجَلِّ الْقُرُبَاتِ وَأَفْضَلِ الطَّاعَاتِ وَكَمْ لِلذِّكْرِ مِنْ فَوَائِدِ مُغْدِقَةِ وَثِمَارِ يَانِعَةِ وَجَنِيءِ لَذِيذٍ وَأَكْلٍ دَائِمٍ وَخَيْرٍ مُسْتَمِرٍ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ He mentions here that recently we've now just been talking about the benefits of the remembrance of Allah and they are so many that they cannot be enumerated. You could not list and count the benefits of the remembrance of Allah. So many they are. And of course, that is exactly how it would be. That there would be so many, you cannot count them. Because this is one of the greatest acts of worship that brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the best acts of obedience you can do. وَمَجَالِسُ الذِّكْرِ هِيَ أَزْكَ الْمَجَالِسُ أَشْرَفُهَا وَأَنْفَعُهَا وَأَرْفَعُهَا وَهِيَ أَعْلَى الْمَجَالِسُ قَدَرًا عِنْدَ اللَّهُ وَأَجَلُّهَا مَكَانَةً عِنْدَهُ And the gatherings of knowledge, they are the purest of the gatherings and the most noble of gatherings and the most beneficial and the most elevated and the highest ranking gatherings to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The gatherings of remembrance, the gatherings in knowledge, in remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ وَرَدَتْ نُصُوصٌ كَثِيرًا فِي فَضْلِ مَجَالِسِ الذِّكْرِ وَأَنَّهَا حَيَاةٌ لِلْقُلُوبِ وَنَمَاءٌ لِلْإِيمَانِ وَصَلَاحٌ وَزَكَاءٌ لِلْعَبْدِ بِخِلَافِ مَجَالِسِ الْغَفْلَةِ الَّتِي لَا يَقُومُ مِنْهَا الْمَجَالِسُ إِلَّا بِنَقْصٍ فِي الْإِيمَانِ وَوَهَائٍ فِي الْقَلْبِ وَكَانَتْ عَلَيْهِ حَصْرًا وَنَدَامًا And there are many texts that speak about the virtues of the gatherings of remembrance and that those such gatherings are life for your hearts and they are a means of increasing your iman and your righteousness and purity in opposition and in contrast Contrary to the gatherings of negligence. When the people get together in all types of talk, nothing to do with Allah and the religion of the messenger, nothing. Waste, useless talk about this and about that, negligent of remembering Allah. Those types of gatherings, a person will not come out of them except that his iman is lower. And that it is a, a, a weakness upon his heart. He will not come out stronger, rather he will come out regretting those types of gatherings. The gatherings of negligence, the gatherings of backbiting, the gatherings of stories, rather than being in the gatherings of knowledge. 
وكان عمير بن حبيب الخطامي رضي الله عنه يقول الإيمان يزيد وينقص عمير بن حبيب الخطامي رضي الله عنه used to say Iman increases and decreases. Iman increases and decreases. فَقِيلَ وَمَا زِيَادَتُهُ وَنُقْصَانُهُ So it was said to him, how does it increase and how does it decrease? What do you mean by that? قَالْ إِذَا ذَكَرْنَا اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلُ حَمِدْنَاهُ وَصَبَّحْنَاهُ فَذَلِكَ زِيَادَتُهُ He said, when we remember Allah and we do the hamd, alhamdulillah and subhanallah, we do the supplication, the remembrance, the dhikr, that is the iman increasing for us. وَإِذَا غَفَلْنَا وَضَيَّعْنَا وَنَسِينَ فَذَلِكَ نُقْصَانُ But when we are negligent and we waste that and we forget, no remembrance, no nothing, then that is the decrease of iman. That is then how the decrease of iman occurs. And that is something well established and well known. Those who come to the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah, then certainly it is a means of increasing the iman of an individual. And those who spend their time away from those gatherings and instead in the gatherings of useless talk, then it will not increase their iman. The ones who do not come to the gatherings of the Qur'an, the gatherings of the sunnah, the gatherings of knowledge, remembering Allah and the Messenger, those who don't come to such gatherings, then they will have difficulty with their iman. But those who come, then certainly they will experience an increase in their iman from coming and listening to ayat of the Qur'an, the speech of Allah, listening to a hadith from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. It impacts upon the heart and it benefits an individual. Also, majalis al-dhikr Hiya majalis al-malaika. The gatherings of remembrance are the gatherings of the angels. They are the gatherings of the angels. فَلَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِنْ مَجَالِسِ الدُّنْيَا مَجْلِسٌ إِلَّا مَجْلِسٌ يَذْكَرُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِيهِ كَمَا فِي الصَّحِيحَيْنِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ أَبِي هُرَيْرَى That for the angels there is no gathering upon this earth except the gatherings where the remembrance of Allah is being done. That is the gatherings that they come to. That is the gatherings that they search for. That is the gatherings that they are looking for. The gatherings where the remembrance of Allah is being done. But remember with all of this, the remembrance of Allah, dhikr, dua, supplication, it is all upon the method of the Qur'an and the sunnah. Not that people just randomly make up anything, let's sit together and say Allahu, Allahu or anything like that. Make up anything, this is a remembrance of Allah. Rather all of this is ibadah, it is worship. And all ibadah worship must be done in accordance to the legislation of the Qur'an and the sunnah. In accordance to what is mentioned in that sunnah with the evidences. Not blindly making up anything, let's sit together with these narrations now telling us of the virtues. Let's do anything of remembrance, Allahu, Allahu, whatever it might be. That is bid'ah. Bid'ah doesn't come into this. All of this is in reference to authentic means and methods of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the point then we'll round off on today, inshaAllah ta'ala. We'll carry on with it. 
from next week at approximately 7.15 p.m. insha'Allah. Any questions or anything up to there? No, because the, the narration is not saying that the Prophet said to him, okay, well, if you can't do everything, then just do dhikr. That's not the meaning of the narration. It should not be understood in that way, or uh, if, if it was phrased to be understood in that way, it should not be. The meaning of that narration is not that the man came saying that so many legislations now, just tell me what can I do, and the Prophet said, okay, just do dhikr then. It's not like that. Rather, when the man came saying that all these uh, legislations now is so much, and what can I do? Meaning, what can I do? What can you tell me to help me and aid me in being able to fulfill these rights? Not that give me a substitute so I can miss all of them. Rather, give me something to help me and aid me in that. And that was what he was given. Do the remembrance and the dhikr of Allah, and that will aid you to be able to fulfill all of those legislations and obligations upon you. So the narration isn't meaning that this was a substitute, do dhikr, you can miss all your obligations. Rather do dhikr so you can be aided upon doing your obligations. Hmm. But where the other uh, things that the Prophet ﷺ advised that, uh, to the poor people to do uh, apart from the after the dhikr after the salah, it was about dhikr generally. The whole hadith was about the substitution with dhikr. Different types of supplications, du'as, all of them uh, generally apply. That if you can't uh, do the worship with wealth, you don't have that, then you have dhikr. Dhikr can be done by anybody. You have the du'as of the morning, evening, afternoon, uh, leaving your home, entering your home, so many. The fortress of the Muslim, you look at it, how many different du'as for different situations. In that case, inshallah, we'll carry on next week then, approximately 7.15 p.m.